Hello and welcome to episode one of Intuitively Being You. In this podcast, I talk about all things intuition, inner guidance, inner wisdom, intuitive living, self-love, self-care, healing, growth, spirituality, and so much more. I'm Desi and I'm here because I listen to my intuition. Thank you for listening to yours and for joining me and let's get into the episode. Today's episode is about the practice that first introduced me to my intuition and that's intuitive eating. I think it's an ironic term almost really because we're all born naturally intuitive eaters but we've been so pulled away from that through society, culture, maybe even our parents that it now necessitates a term of its own. Intuitive eating has been such a big part of my own journey to my intuition and of my healing journey in general. I spent many of my teen years restricting my eating, so healing from that, finding trust in myself again, taking care of my body in the way that it needs to and looking within for guidance has been such an important part of who I've become today. In this episode, I'll explain what intuitive eating is, whether you're completely new or whether you need some inspiration on your journey. I'll dispel some myths surrounding intuitive eating. And at the end, I'll offer you some practical tools and tips for implementing it into your daily life. Hopefully there's something in here for everyone. And if you follow me on Instagram or TikTok or you've been to my website, you know this is something I talk about a lot. So this is really an episode to kind of pull everything together dive really deep, go into all the different areas of intuitive eating and hopefully by the end of this you'll feel really empowered to go on that journey on your own. So I invite you to maybe get a notebook and a pen out, maybe open up your notes app so that you can really embed the information shared here, go back to it in times of doubt or when you're kind of struggling to find inspiration and so that you can start to develop what intuitive eating means to you. So get comfy, get your things, maybe make a cup of tea and let's dive into the episode. So what is intuitive eating? Everyone talks about it. It's kind of a buzzword in some ways in the online spaces and yet through my coaching and through my general chats with friends and family, Not everyone knows exactly what it is and what it looks like in practice. So my favorite way to describe intuitive eating is that it's simply eating what your mind, body and soul desire from a place of a healed relationship with food, with your body and with yourself. So let's just pause a little bit. That second part is really important to emphasize because this is what a lot of people miss. If we're experiencing anxiety around food, if we're feeling insecure about our body, counting every bite we eat, then we're not really in a healed place and what we think we desire might actually lead us further down the spiral of restricting, binging, yo-yoing. So when we've healed, on the other hand, what we desire meets our needs in a positive and loving way. When we're still healing, we might wanna restrict so we can confuse that unhealthy, unhelpful voice with our intuition. So the journey is beginning this healing and with time going from healing to healed. With time, food won't feel like the enemy, your body won't feel like the enemy and you'll just feel like yourself again. You'll eat in a way that feeds, you, that feeds your mind, body and soul and in a really loving and caring way. 
I personally used to think that I could never heal my relationship with food. I honestly thought that I would just be doomed to a life of managing what I eat, avoiding triggers and kind of kind of controlling that um, that mean girl voice in my head. But with time, with effort and patience, I would say I've fully arrived at intuitive eating. I've healed my relationship with food and I honestly don't think I'm special. I wish I believed more earlier in my journey that this was possible. So if this resonates with you, if you're kind of struggling on your journey or you're just getting to grips with intuitive eating, just remember this key bit. Your intuition always wants your highest good. It always wants what's best for you. And everyone has access to that inner voice and inner guide. Everyone. We're all born with it. We might lose our relationship with her a little bit throughout our lives, but we all have her and we can all regain our connection to her. If we go back to this idea then that we're all born intuitive eaters, it becomes quite clear that we can regain this state, regain this natural birthright. We're all born intuitive eaters with deep connections to our bodies, just how every other animal on earth is. And it would be almost comical to think that a wolf is out of tune with their hunger or a dolphin is wondering if they should or shouldn't eat that beautiful fish coming their way. For us humans, we've become so removed from that natural state that we've lost our natural ability to just instinctually, instinctively know what to eat. And instead, food has become the enemy, restriction, hate towards our bodies has started to feel safe and like the norm. We've we've started to turn to our logic and just rules on what to eat when it's such a such a natural instinct to eat and to know what to eat and to know how to nourish ourselves. There are so many ways that society, parents, culture, etc. have influenced us. So I'll just give some examples. Maybe you can relate to these, maybe yours is a little bit different. Um, but a lot of us grew up watching TV where every girl seemed to have stick thin bodies. Maybe you remember a magazine poster of a girl with concave abs. Maybe it was adverts on TV. Maybe it was your parents. Was your mum always commenting on how she looked or how you looked? Even if our parents never made comments about our body, if they role modelled insecurity about theirs or always commented on other people's looks, that still imprints onto us and we start to notice those things about others and ourselves. We start to learn that being thin, being pretty is good and everything else is bad. So as long as we're thin and pretty, everyone will love us. And if not, they won't love us. And even if you can't pinpoint an exact time when you lost that childlike innocence, as adults, we can now at least tell that it's no longer there. It's so seeped through our culture, even though we've come such a long way and there's so much talk of body positivity, there are there is still a lot of influences out there and celebrities that are that are still encouraging this culture. And I kind of want to pause here and kind of follow this thread of influences because I think a lot of us follow people that we think are inspiring. But I think a lot of those people are actually feeding our comparisonitis, as the term goes. So if you're following someone and you think, oh, she really inspires me to be healthy and to be take care of myself and all these things um just imagine if you were to go out with that person for dinner 
would you feel like they're not judging you and like they wouldn't really care what you order for food they're just like they're just so full of love and acceptance and non-judgment or do you feel like they'll order something and you'll feel like you need to order what they order do you would you feel like you're not good enough for them like you i don't know you need to prove yourself to them if that's kind of the energy that someone is giving you it doesn't need to be about them it's more about our relationship with them the energy between us but if that's kind of how you're reading someone when i'm describing this situation maybe they're not as inspiring as you might think maybe they're more feeding comparison in you if on the other hand you're following someone and you think they're really inspiring and you can totally imagine yourself going for coffee with them going for dinner with them and they'll just be so full of love and light and you won't feel judged or ashamed around them then maybe they really are inspiring you so i would just check in a little bit here and see what you're taking in what information you're allowing yourself to take in and um just kind of feel free to unfollow people or stop watching videos or listening to people that might be making you feel worse and might actually be hindering you on your journey i now want to just take a moment to talk about diet culture so diet culture is one of the biggest things that's influenced our lost intuition in regards to eating and it basically instills this idea that we need outside guidance and rules on what when and how much to eat it encourages a lack of self-trust and rather than turning inward for guidance rather than trusting our inner wisdom we look outward we stop being the decision maker we enter cycles of dependency on diet culture or whatever else might have taken over so diet culture has many masks and it might be an influencer but it might be a book you're not even realizing is instilling diet culture might be a podcast um again a celebrity maybe someone in your life and the more we take in diet culture the more we lose control of our kind of the more we lose that innate connection we think we might be gaining control by following these rules and you know doing what the diet says or whatever it might be but we're actually losing control and the more we feel like we're losing control the more we try to cling on to the rules for control and it's just this kind of unending cycle it's like a catch-22 food and our bodies are particularly easy ways to gain control over our lives if it feels like everything is going you know topsy-turvy nothing's going our way we kind of can be like oh well at least i can control my food and my body and so yes i've got control over this one thing in it gives us a sense of strength ironically anyone that has been down that path knows that it's the exact opposite those promises of control those diet culture promises of a be thin look a certain way and you will be loved they never deliver we lose more we lose our connection to ourselves we lose our love to ourselves and we end up feeling worse that beautiful beautiful connection between our mind body and soul and our inner guide has been lost and if we've lived in a state of ignoring her for so long it's going to take a little bit of a time to get her back if you relate to this you might relate to the feelings of realizing a deep loss a mourning of the purity of the person you've become mourning with an ou <laughs> i don't know why i need to clarify that but you might feel this mourning this loss towards the person you were towards your truth and if you feel that then this is maybe a point of realization that it's time to get her back maybe you've had this realization for a while i, I don't know who will listen to this i don't know who will find this but even if you feel like you have been aware of this for a while 
maybe this is the time to kind of dedicate maybe this is the time to dedicate yourself even more like double down on your dedication to finding her um so this is kind of what intuitive eating is to me just feeding yourself in a way that fully nourishes you and eventually it won't feel like intuitive eating at the beginning as i'll go over in a little bit more in a bit um it won't feel like intuitive eating at the start because you'll have to really kind of force yourself to be in a new way but eventually it will be really really natural i mean most days i don't have to have like long conversations with myself of what i need this morning i woke up i did my morning yoga practice i did a short meditation and then i decided okay i'm hungry I had an apple, I had my oatmeal, done. Just before I started recording this podcast, I made some quinoa for lunch because I know I won't have time to cook later and it's very hot right now, so I know that I just need a salad today. Not much thought into it, I just kind of did it and later on, when I'm ready for lunch, I've got my quinoa ready, I'll put everything together and make the salad that I want to make. This doesn't mean that every day is super easy. Sometimes I will kind of sit with myself and wonder what's the best thing to eat right now if I'm feeling disconnected, if I feel like I've had a stressful day. Um, And it doesn't mean I'll always get it right. I mean, some days I'll eat things and yeah, I might have a stomachache after. I might feel like, oh, just shouldn't have eaten those two together. I feel a bit bloated, whatever it might be. Like it's not about perfection, but it's about being fully conscious of the decisions you're making and fully in your power when you make them it doesn't mean you always make super perfect decisions our bodies are incredible but they're so complex and sometimes we do mistake signals or whatever it might be so yeah it's just about getting to a point where it feels natural where you don't feel like you have to think about it um a little while ago someone said to me like the one of the moments when i realized i'm an intuitive eater is when someone said to me Um, something about intuitive eating and they said oh you eat intuitively don't you and I was kind of like oh yeah I do but it it had become so natural that I kind of forgot about that being a thing and I was like yeah I am an intuitive eater but I kind of even said then I wouldn't say intuitively eat like I just kind of eat it's just it's so natural so this is kind of eventually where we want to be um but it's a long road to there so before I dive into the um the practical ways to start practicing intuitive eating. Um, I just want to dispel some myths around intuitive eating. So I think the biggest myth is that it's a linear process. Realistically, it's a lot of trial and error. Anything that you've healed in the past, just look back and check in with yourself. Like, was that a really nice straightforward process or was it actually a lot of trust, a lot of doubt and just kind of going back and forth? It was probably the second one but every time you have doubt you choose to go on anyway and it's a constant trial and error because you won't get it right every time it genuinely took me years before i could say i was an intuitive eater even when i healed my relationship with food and my body even when i was less controlling and concerned about what i ate how i looked there was still so much room for improvement i had many limiting beliefs many people pleasing tendencies many shadows still lurking in my field of reality and my journey wasn't finished even now like my journey is still ongoing i can always go deeper into my intuition not just in relation to intuitive eating but in general you can always go deeper into tapping into that inner guide so yeah it's not a linear process and just trust that if you're on the journey eventually you'll get there even if sometimes it feels like you're going back and like 
there's no way forward and you, you just can't figure it out. The second myth is that there's only one way. So this is kind of similar to the first one, but in terms of intuitive eating, my work is based on three principles that I've created for myself because they're what I believe in. And these three are trust in your body, self-care and empowerment. I will, I will link um, the page to intuitive eating on my website, which goes into each one a bit more. But those are my three principles, which are at the core of the work that I do and the way that I teach intuitive eating. Um, many others, and what many would say is kind of the source to the term intuitive eating kind of coming into our common culture, um, is a 19, 1998 book on intuitive eating by two women called Evelyn Tribol, or Tribol and Elise Resch. So their book is all about intuitive eating and getting back to eating in that way, and it's based on 10 principles. So the things that they say, the advice that they give might have some overlaps with mine, for example, but they're also very different. Other coaches or maybe nutritionists, dietitians, again, they'll have different ways to get you to your intuitive eating. Your journey will be different to anyone else as well, even if they're both working with me. It's just a really unique process. So it's about finding the books, resources, coaches, whatever it is that resonates with you, help, using them as help to practice your intuition but ultimately just accepting that your journey is going to be very unique and only you yourself know ultimately what's right for you. The next myth is that intuition will feel right from the beginning. Kind of like I said, if you've spent years not listening to your intuition, it's going to feel very unintuitive from the start. Um, you're going to have to spend, you're going to have to spend time sifting through guidance from your inner being and the restrictive dieting voice. They'll probably sound, sound the same and each one will be telling you that it wants your best interests at heart essentially only your intuition wants your best interests at heart I'll just tell you this now um but yeah with time you release those rules of the dieting culture those shoulds um but at the beginning you might have to start implementing some different kind of guidance and logic and I know this is I don't know how to describe it without it sounding so paradoxical but at the beginning you will probably have to use a framework and check off points and something just to keep you in line on your journey i've found that when i'm when you're trying to tell between your intuition and your diet checking in with what you from five you five years from now on will be proud of is a really great way to tell the difference between the two the fourth myth is that intuitive eating is the same as mindful eating Maybe this is obvious to some people, maybe not to others, but essentially mindful eating is more a way to eat. Intuitive eating is the bigger life approach. I live my intuitive eating, but I only practice mindful eating when I'm eating. Finally, any myth surrounding nutrition, diet, how the body works and what makes you worthy is a myth to dispel surrounding intuitive eating and on your journey. It's really about getting to a point where you affirm that your worth and your ability to be loved and accepted stems from your innate existence. And it's also about learning the true nutrition um, information and health to support you and to empower you. So finding a dietitian or a coach that can really teach you about your body so that you have the long term knowledge for success is really important. Okay, before I go on to the practical tips, I just want to share that as I was planning this episode and writing down 
what I want to go over. My friend literally <laughs> texted me about the most incredible and actually life-saving way that she used her intuition. And she texted me this. She said, oh my God, Desi, so mad. We were going to go on a quad bike ride, me and these people on the same tour as us. But I got on the bike and then my intuition was like, no, I can't do this. I just want to sit and chill. So I got off my bike and I've just been sat down for a couple of hours. Her boyfriend messaged her to say that the girl he went with had fallen off her quad bike and it had toppled over her. And then she says that would have been me. So intuition, you guys, is not just about intuitive eating. This is one way to tap into the vast inner wisdom and network that you have inside of you. And the more that you practice intuitive eating, and if you start implementing those tips I'm about to go into, the more your just overall life will just change and you will feel so in sync. And I think just so like yourself, I think that's the biggest thing. Okay, so practical tips. I've already mentioned some things. Um, as I said, finding a professional who knows their stuff can help. Someone who's been on this journey, I think is really key because they can emotionally support you rather than just giving you the hardcore facts. Someone who's been on the journey is also really important to have because they hold that vision for you when it's hard to. They embody that energy and way of life that you're working on. And I think it's really hard to get to new places of living and new energetic ways of being when you don't have someone holding that energy and inspiration for you. So I think that's my number one tip. And um, I've had people, people tell me they've tried intuitive eating on their own. And the minute they start working with someone, like they just have so much more hope. They're just like, okay, this is actually realistic now. And it's like something clicks. But to say, to get to that point, I think maybe we need to go through a lot of setbacks because we don't always believe that um that working with a coach or working with someone outside will help and it's really hard as well to pick someone who will be the right person for us so yeah that's just a little bit on that um the next practical tip is i would advise that you learn <clears throat> how your body works i think once you know how incredibly complex and beautiful and oh, just so amazing your body is um it's it's really hard to treat it badly you'll be so wanting to take care of it that it's going to be a lot harder to not feed it properly i made an instagram post a while ago that basically said that basically said food freedom equals food knowledge and i think that is so true and one of like the core messages i want to share with this you can't be free around food until you understand what and why you're eating what, what and why you're eating what you're eating this is about replacing diet myths with helpful knowledge to empower you to trust your decisions, to support your decision making with this knowledge. When you lack the inner trust, relying on like an outside person or an outside source of good information is really, really helpful. I would also say that you get smart about who you're following again um, and just check in if you're receiving diet advice um, from either people who don't have the educational background or people who you just, I don't know, you kind of get a feeling that they're off. So I'm a trained health coach. I have years of personal study in all health, nutrition. I have personal experiences in intuitive eating. And even if I hadn't completed all my formal studies, I would still say that I, I know it, I know enough to trust that what I'm sharing is, um, is helpful. And so, yeah, it's not just about, oh, make sure you're following a dietitian. But if someone just kind of doesn't give off the right vibe or you feel like the information they're sharing is making you feel shamed or doubtful, then they might not be the right person to be following. So 
that's just yeah again I think just who you follow online is really important okay I've also I've already touched on limiting beliefs people pleasing shadow work um these are all really deep areas but inner work in general any other way in which you do your inner work is gonna help or hinder you on your journey I really hope to make an episode about each one in the future um but I'll just summarize these for you in case you're new to it or again in case I think it's sometimes helpful just kind of revise things that are obvious to us so starting with limiting beliefs these are any beliefs or views that stop you from living the life you're meant to live so they're beliefs that might be based on things that happened in the past but they don't actually hold true now anymore maybe they held true in the past maybe even then they didn't hold true they're beliefs that are limiting you from fully stepping into your power and who you are in relation to intuitive eating, it might be things like um, you think your body and how you look affects what other people think of you. You think you can only eat when you're hungry, never for joy or pleasure. You might think that you can only eat when you plan a meal or that you're only allowed a certain number of calories. Um, any belief like that that's kind of putting like a ceiling on you and hold like hindering your progress would be a limiting belief. People pleasing can be things like planning your meals according to, to someone else's schedule, ordering, say, a salad because you know you'll be praised for this. Um, body image is a really big area to explore as well in relation to people pleasing and um, limiting beliefs. So practicing love towards your body is going to be really key on getting back to yourself, releasing people pleasing, releasing limiting beliefs. As for shadow work, this is so deep and wide. Um, but in terms of the topic here, it's mainly about shame and guilt. So are you ashamed of your past or current restrictive and binging behaviors? How can you love, you love yourself even through that or at least accept yourself so that you can move forward? Do you feel guilty for eating or for even thinking about eating? If you've been on this journey for a while, do you feel embarrassed that it's taking you the time it's taking you? Do you feel ashamed that you're not already there in quotes? Again, someone like a professional who holds a judgment-free safe space can really help you release those blocks and support you in your healing. All of this stuff is about mindset, cultivating self-love and releasing current ways of being so that you can make space for new habits. Some of the stuff you'll work through might not even be related to food. It might be inner child work that covers something totally differently, but it's anything that is healing for you will heal your intuitive eating as well and then the final tip what can you do right now and today to practice intuitive eating i feel like at this point i've shared so much and so many ideas that you can dive deep into if you did end up making notes i think you have a lot that you can just go back highlight start working through but if i was to give you one simple practical piece of advice that you can implement today it's this the next time you're hungry or the next time you decide to eat, before making a decision, just take a moment, place your right hand on your heart and tune into that space. Imagine your heart glowing a soft white light and now imagine that this is the point of your inner guide. What decision does she want you to take? How can this decision support your body whilst also feeding your soul. What decision will you be glad to have made in five years from now, even if it feels wrong to the controlling mind?
that's intuitive eating in practice. And then it's just repeating this again and again and doing the wider, deeper work to make it last, to make it sustainable, to integrate it and to embody it fully. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you got something out of this. I loved recording this episode. I love this topic of intuitive eating in case it hasn't been clear enough. Um, I know my microphone can be a lot better, so I will be buying a new one soon, but I really felt like I wanted to record this episode today. Um, I feel like this was asking to be expressed and to be shared. If you've got any questions, any comments, um, if anything resonated with you, if anything didn't resonate, but you're really intrigued and you want to find out more, you can get in touch via Instagram, um, my website, whatever's easy for you, please get in touch. I'd love to chat more about this. If you feel like you want to work on your intuitive eating, I offer free 15 minute calls to discuss the way I coach and to see if it is a good fit for you, if it resonates with you. And if you want to dive into more free resources on intuitive eating and all things health and wellness, you can find a lot more on my Instagram and TikTok. I also have many blog posts on my website. You can find all the links in my bio. And yeah, that's all for this episode. Thank you for being here. I wish you an amazing day and see you in the next episode. Bye.